0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: All Things in the Name of Love. With your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music written and performed by Megan Moreau.
0: Can you help me redefine? Truth and preservation of our soul shine. I can feel it, your. Close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones. You will know. Trust and let go. And let it flow.
1: All things in the name of love. Episode 43. Following your purpose leaves to self-love with Anar Kali. Today I have the honor of speaking with Anar Kali, who is an international, amazing human being who has lived her life, I'm gonna say, from her heart, and as a result of that, has been doing things that most human beings would think is just. Way too big and way too scary. She's been a movie star, a brand ambassador, Miss Sri Lanka for 2004, and she has a podcast now. And and what I love so much about the fact that I have you on my show is that none of that defines who you are. You're much deeper than that, and that's what's so exciting. So thank you for being on the show, and and welcome.
2: Ayubon, thank you so much for such a sweet and wonderful introduction. I wish you a long life. I'm mm-hmm. so excited to start this conversation with you. i was like, we've been planning this for some time. Mm-hmm. And so like now that it's actually like happening, I'm like super excited.
1: I get that. I totally get that. It's like, you know, when you go see a concert and you're waiting for the concert and then it's the day of the concert and then it's the actual concert. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> even because because what I love is like I this is the first time I've talked to you, and I know we're sisters. Yes, 100 percent. And I just I love that. So tell me about that that deep, that deep inner sense of who you are versus what the world thinks you are.
2: It's really interesting because it's a sort of an inner battle. I think a lot of people, whether they're movie stars or not, actually do go through as well because on a more personal level, like you grow up in, in your family background or with friends and your family has an idea of you and then you have an idea that you want to express of yourself or your friends. So saying this, I had my family's idea of me, my friends, and then the public and Mm. media. Yeah. And so it's a lot of people's ideas of me and not all of them are correct Mm -hmm. and not all of them are wrong. Because um, when you're a public figure, even though we would like to have one identity, it's not permitted because we have to be relatable to so many people and then still stay true to ourselves as well. Because we all, at the end of the day, do go through the same things. So there is that connectability. But the real me is someone who really strives to understand uh, people, animals, situations. Um, When I was younger, instead of understanding, I would sort of just go into the mode of assuming or... um, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to predict things or just be reactive and emotional. Mm -hmm. And as time has gone by, I've sort of understood that this is not a way forward, Mm -hmm. Um, that I'm just going to get stuck in a moment or stuck in the past or um, just be confused. And I might even lose on life and friends going down that route. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I chose to be more open-minded and strive to be more understanding. So I would identify myself today as an understanding person because I also have a responsibility level in any relationship or in any business or in anything I do. And when you sort of you know go down that route, you are more prone to try to understand how things went wrong so that you will not have a bad experience reoccur again. Or if you had a good experience, you understand how it became good, and then you can have a repeated good act happen in your life as well.
1: Mm. So when did you dig into that deeper understanding?
2: Well, I'm 32 now. This sort of happened to me when I was 25. Okay. When I hit 25, I was like, you know what? This is not working out for me. I'm unhappy. I'm getting angry. I'm feeling sad, let down. And I don't have time to feel all these things because I am professional. I, you know, act and uh, at the time I was doing politics and, you know, all these things. And I was like, this is, this is not okay. And that is when I decided that I wanted to be more responsible and try to understand people and understand myself. And it's been phenomenal. Like today, I can have a bad day or I can have a bad, like a disagreement or something of that sort, but end everything really well, knowing that anything can be done about like anything ever. There's always something that can be done about something. and. I can take the higher road by understanding and taking uh, the good out of anything. Because it's always good. It's just sometimes we choose not to see the good in bad mm-hmm. situations. Because there's always someone out there that's worse off than us. Always someone out there who has a crazier story. And that's why I always think we have to be so grateful for what we look like, what we have, who we know. It, it, it's very humbling. And I see beauty in everything now since I've done this.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a big shift. I know for me, I've always been curious about connecting with other people. Like, what is the thing? And I went an academic route, so I, I, I studied that, right? And, mm-hmm. and it, it was incomplete for me to just study it. I had to get into my heart space right, and a deeper sense of my spirituality that – that let me see past the facades of everybody else so I could actually connect with them.
2: Yes, the inner core, the person, the being. You strip all of these aberrations and false ideas and assumptions and fear. Most of the time, I think that. You know, I notice that sometimes I have difficulty. I'm a highly communicative person. And sometimes I find it difficult to communicate with certain people. Mm -hmm. And I noticed uh, uh, something in common with all those people was the fact that there was an embedded fear that they were suppressing. And no matter how much I would try to strip it away with love and admiration and acknowledgement, it would still be there because they didn't want people to get to them because they were protecting themselves. And I feel like they're protecting themselves because they're scared to let people in because they don't want to let people in and then be let down and be left alone, because mm-hmm. most people's biggest fear is being alone, right you know
1: right so, And the irony is is we never are. Yeah
2: <laughs> exactly exactly exactly. I think like I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, and they said that. People would rather like they're more scared of surviving and experiencing pain than even death. That's and,
1: interesting.
2: Right? And I was like, huh. And then I think of all the times like I've had friends in need or had to act out a character in a movie or even a personal experience. And I think, oh my God, I the the amount of grief that one would go through in that process. And it's so funny, though, because it can all be prevented, really, by just looking and thinking that you will survive and having the will to survive.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
2: what happens is you think you can't survive. And so you have to like give in to what's happening to you.
1: Yeah. And that surrender is so scary right okay. Mhm and for me I've I've done something what I call inner child work so my little girl okay. uh-huh. who I love <laughs> really amazing intuitive young little thing and she was I was born with a dislocated hip so I was in traction at 6 months and in a body cast for 18 months so I had physical trauma right and so I regularly come back to that point in my life where I, I sit with, because I'll, I'll find something in my subconscious mm-hmm. that, that is a fear. And I've learned <laughs> that it doesn't go away if I don't address it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I allow myself to bring myself back to that, that feeling, mm-hmm. infant self, And I let myself fully feel the feelings. Yes. Which is sometimes really terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm not not feeling it as an adult. I'm feeling it as my infant self. Of course, yes. But then I don't have to carry it anymore.
2: Yeah, because you've faced your fear.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And so one of my passions is to help people realize that those fears aren't as scary as they perceive them to be. Yes. Yes. They say
2: like, courage is not, what is it? Courage is not the lack of fear. It's acting in spite of it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something I see that people don't necessarily have the tools to navigate with. They just feel like right. the they don't, they, there's a lot of distraction in the world. So many interruptions. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I was thinking to myself, I decided this week that I was just going to give myself a week to just okay. be with myself.
2: Wow. Yes. And I totally recommend that. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> and, and it's just like, that's, and I was writing out my schedule for the week and, uh-huh. and there's a lot of meditation. And I was like, I don't think I've ever given myself that much of a gift. I mean, I meditate daily, but I haven't given myself days to meditate. Right. Yes. And it just feels like it's scary, right? <laughs> because that's a lot of time to do, you know, you're I'm not going to turn my phone on, I'm not going to have my laptop on. I'm just going to sit with myself and maybe read, but like not intentionally not give myself the normal distractions I give myself so I can honor what I need to hear within.
2: Yes. And how, and educate yourself about yourself. Right. Because a lot of the times we, we really don't try to figure out what's happening within us. And even if we're sick, even, you know, we can actually tap in tune and uh, tap into our bodies and actually try to like pervade that space and find out what is really wrong too. Cause I mean, I believe that everyone has, Powers to even heal themselves. You don't have Mm -hmm. to always go and look onto others to get relief, you know? Right. And when you educate yourself about yourself and you understand who you are and what you want, what your purpose is, your intention is, what you have done in the past, which has put you off your purpose, and you start loving yourself the way you would want to be loved, it also helps you when you go out in the world. To always follow suit with that, with whoever it may be. Even a child, even if you're a parent, like if you value yourself more, you won't let your child talk to you a certain way because you love yourself and have integrity and you'll put your integrity in. You know, I think it's very important. I think self love is so important. And a lot of, even a lot of celebrities actually, have even ended their lives because they were looking for love from other people or exterior sources and they mm. didn't realize their own value and they didn't love themselves enough. It, they, their love for themselves was not enough in short, which is so sad.
1: How do you cultivate your self-love?
2: I cultivate my self-love from knowing that I was here for a reason. I, I, I stick to my purpose. Whenever, like, because I know that there's so many more beautiful people than me, talented people than me, like, you know, wealthy or powerful, I can go on. Mm -hmm. But I know that my purpose is unique. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I feel like it can be a personal setback or it can be a professional setback or just myself feeling uh, a bit low, you know, having Mm -hmm. a moment, I just tap into my purpose. And when I tap into my purpose, that's where all the cultivation, the love, the drive, everything is. Because I really want to influence people, specifically younger people, the younger generation, that they can do anything that they want to. And that's why, like, even in my country, we don't have we didn't have, maybe now they do, but back in the day, life coaches, and we still don't have acting schools. We don't have agents. We don't have managers. So I sort of thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I just went out there totally unhatted and just did it. Because sometimes when you spend time pondering and putting yourself down and self-doubt and listening to other people's opinions, because um, sometimes you, you tend to listen to other people. I mean. And they're not experts either in, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And you just, you just pull yourself back by doing that. I just tap into my purpose and that's where my love is and my self-love is. And I'm more appreciative of my ability because now when I look back, I've been doing this since I was two years old Mm -hmm. and I still am doing it And so then I'm proud of myself. I can say that it's not about the awards, it's not about the the movies or about anything. It's just about the distance because the purpose is to travel further and further. And I've been traveling and I'm still traveling. And no matter what sort of barriers have come my way or curves, whatever, I've just gone the distance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want everyone to do because that's what life is about. Life is a game.
1: Mm-hmm. Got to play it. And learning the tools to navigate it.
2: Yes, 100%. Yes, it's all about also knowing how to use your tools for sure. We do have, we're so fortunate today, even technology, you know, it can just build so many new universes for us. Like it's so easy now to tap into something, to learn anything. Uh, it's also very important you know how to rightfully use these things so that it could be for the benefit of ourselves and the world because it can also cause destruction right. and it can also cause nothingness if you don't know how to use it
1: properly. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. I, I, when I started my podcast, I was like, I don't know how to do a podcast. And then I realized that I had a background in oral histories. Uh-huh. I've been doing voiceovers for 10 years. Oh my God. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what is this that I'm scared of? I know exactly what I'm doing. I even know how to edit sound. What's going on here? Like, because I didn't really, I didn't get the connections until I was shown my my spirit team was like, do a podcast. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know how to do that. And they're like, no, you have all of the skill sets to do this. And I was like, oh, so what do I want to do a podcast on? A spiritual podcast. Well, why would I do a spiritual podcast? Because that's how you're gonna grow. Right wow and it's so fascinating because i have the opportunity to have these amazing conversations with people from different walks of life that get it yes yes and the more you
2: talk about it the more you communicate and educate people the more we can just just help each other grow and be free because we're so lucky to be alive at this you know point in our lives where everyone's open to learning listening even if you didn't like to read before now there's audiobooks Mm -hmm. and even if you didn't want to look into an audiobook there's a podcast you can listen to and if you wanted to add a little bit of animation you go on youtube (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's phenomenal so this is the time i'm so glad that you chose to you know just step out of the comfort zone and have this podcast because it's needed And there's room for everyone out there. So, Mm -hmm. the more people that there are sharing their opinion, their experiences, inviting new conversations, the more we can uh, live together in
1: harmony. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing, because I'm in a different context than you, are you seeing the shifts in our consciousness with the experiences you're having with others? Yes,
2: I totally do. Because I remember before I, there were certain conversations I would just not be able to have with anyone. Mm-hmm. Or there were conversations that people would just not ask questions about and that would just annoy me because I wanted <laughs> I wanted people to ask questions, you know? Right. And then now it's like everyone's talking about even something as simple well, I wouldn't want to use this word like I wouldn't say simple, but you know Topics like even racism,
1: mm.
2: people would not talk about. Right. And, and today you're talking, you can talk to like anyone about racism. You, doesn't, you don't have to be of the same race anymore. Because before right. it used to just be like one-sided, you know. Right. And these are not arguments. These are conversations. These are educational. The other day I was, um, I was in a coffee shop. And this lady came up to me and she started talking to me about an act of racism that she had felt. And she was of a different race than me. And then I started talking to her and trying to understand her reality. Mm -hmm. And then this other person joined us because they overheard the conversation. They were from another race. And it was so interesting because you could see the perspectives. And now they're educating themselves And this other person actually asked an astonishing and amazing question from this lady who was talking to me earlier. Uh, She goes, so I just want to make sure I don't ever do this and I don't want to ever make someone feel like this. So if that did happen to me, what should I say and what should I not say? Oh, wow. I was like, wow. Now this. Is progress, Mm -hmm. you know, not being in denial, not saying that people of my race would never do that. Like, how can I take responsibility for my race and my lineage and not do this and make sure that no one else goes through what you went through today?
1: That's amazing.
2: Right? I mean, like, to me, like, this is like, this is. What people have been fighting for for yeah. so many years. And it's sad it took so long. I mean, there's so much a longer way to go in mm-hmm. a lot of other places, but it's starting,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: and, and that's that should be something that should be celebrated and embraced and applauded. Because if you don't acknowledge those questions and if you don't appreciate or, you know, applaud these people, then they're not gonna be inclined. Or uh, to actually apply these things, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. we have to like champion them on and be like, yeah, I like that. Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: You know? That is amazing. Mm hmm. Well, in Portland, <laughs> we have a pretty big homeless problem. Right. And I actively, I don't do it all the time because I'm not always present, but when I am present, I'll make eye contact. Right. And talk to them and, and ask them what they want or need. And usually they want to be seen. hmm And it's such a deep reminder to me that the biases that we have built in our society keep us in this separate place that doesn't exist. Yes. And when I have the chance to talk to them, I find out that they're just human. Yeah. And I feel a deeper sense of my humanity as a direct result of it because now I'm actually connected with them energetically and I understand them. Yes,
2: because you're having an exchange with them. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I was just talking to somebody about this. Honestly, I, I haven't seen as many homeless people and mentally unstable people anywhere in the world, honestly, really? <laughs> that I've been to. Yeah. And it's so sad because most of them were not homeless at one point mm-hmm. and most of them were mentally sound. And it's either psych drugs or it's either just, you know, coming out here for the Hollywood dream or... You know, to be famous, and they lose everything, or it's alcohol. You know, all these things. But I just don't understand, like how someone can be so comfortable being the way they are and not wanting to get out of that. You know, like (sighs) is that because they're still physically able to work, right? And they're still like physically able some some of them are actually still mentally able to see what's happening to them and fix themselves
1: Mm -hmm. but but they don't i think there's a loss of hope Mm -hmm. and it's that so when i grew up i grew up in a protestant church on the east coast of the united states and I was taught that prayer was, God, I really want that bike for Christmas. Can I have that bike for Christmas? Please, 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 please. Because I really want it. I've been so good. And then if I don't get it, I'm like, God doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. And, and so the lack of understanding of what prayer really is, is pretty pervasive in our culture in the United States. And, and it's, it's not, I want this thing. It's, I pray for the highest outcome. Yes. And release myself from the expectation of what's going to happen. I love
2: that. So true. Yes.
1: So you grew up in Sri Lanka, correct? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I don't know anything about spirituality there. Okay. So what was it like? To grow up in a culture that didn't have Puritanism in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Sri Lanka is beautiful country. Just the love of my life would be my motherland. I just love my country so much and its people. We're a multicultural country, mm. uh, multi-ethnic, and we have, the, like the, the majority of the population are Buddhist. Okay. It's about, 77%. And then we have the Hindus, we have Muslims, we have Christians, and we have Malay, and then we have Dutch burgers. We have room for everyone in our country. Mm. We embrace everybody. And I've been blessed to be raised with all these backgrounds. So, yes. And I. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I've gone to Hindu uh churches, temples, but unfortunately, I'm not permitted to go to a mosque because, you know, we're not allowed to unless you are, you know, a follower of Islam or you're okay. a Muslim. Okay. But all these religions are so beautiful. They're so good and they're so pure because they all say to do good and to treat and respect everyone. And I think that part of the major, the majority of like the beauty in my country comes from all of our colors. Mm. We're so colorful and so bright. And even if you're not a Buddhist, the Christians respect Buddhism because Buddhism is a way of life. Even if the Muslims are not Buddhist, they respect Buddhism. And the Buddhists respect Islam and the Buddhists respect Christianity even though it's a majority a Buddhist nation, like I was saying, they love Christmas. Christmas is amazing. <laughs> at home, it is like so beautiful. They decorate the whole country. Even Buddhists celebrate Christmas at home. They have a tree <laughs> and they just go all out. You That's know, beautiful. and that yeah, and it just goes to show because really, I mean Uh, Christmas is about the birth of uh, Jesus Christ and the love and, you know, he symbolizes love. Mm -hmm. So Buddhists and Muslims and, you know, uh, Hindus, they're all celebrating the birth of love Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, even though they don't follow that faith. They're so respectful of that and they permit their children to cherish that time. Mm -hmm. And even when the Lord uh, Buddha's birthday comes, to call it Vesak. Similarly, the Muslims and the Christians, everyone, they, we have lanterns together. We're a community. Oh. So yes. when I moved here to the States, I was a little bit confused because I wasn't sure because it's, it's a big melting pot over here. Mm-hmm. And we have like so many people from all over the world, China, Japan, South Africa, Australia, you name it, they're in the US, right? Mm-hmm. And they all follow different faiths. And I was wondering, like, would that be a problem? Because would people look at me different because I'm different, because I look different? And would they like accept me? Mm-hmm. And Because even Buddhism is different in different parts of the world, and so right. is Islam, and so is Christianity. And I've been so fortunate though that today I feel like all over the world, people don't ask anymore what religion you follow, but they're more interested and more engaged in the principles you follow Mm -hmm. and your truths and your ethical and moral code. Mm -hmm. Because before I felt like they were trying to segregate people based off their fates. But now because of even things like social media happening where everyone is so accessible and everyone is fighting for social acceptability, whether it be about race, whether it be about weight, whether it be about age, whether about it be about sex, all these things are just slowly canceling out or being sort of toned down that now it's just about are you a good person? Mm. what are your, what's your value system? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can get along with you so well. I think the same way. Let's talk about that. And it's changed. And I feel so comfortable no matter where I go, because in the I want to know theirs. And no one asks me even like where I'm from. They just talk to me. And I, this is something I was wondering about before. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's amazing It's amazing how times are
1: changing That's beautiful because I know i going from the east to the west coast, it was a cultural shock because there's so much judgment when I left right when I left in two thousand and seven uh there was so much judgment and so much insecurity, and especially in Portland, I feel there's there's this, this deeper acceptance. Mm-hmm. And uh, this past fall, I went back to Maine to celebrate one of my best friend's 40th birthdays. And I've been living on the West Coast since 2007. So I've adopted many of the more laid back, more accepting mindsets that are true to the West Coast than they are in the East Coast. And it was funny because I felt some tension by some of the older people. Okay, but the younger ones were like, "This is curious. What happened to Erica? <laughs> like, we don't recognize her anymore, but she's she's okay. She's still, you know, she because they were feeling they were feeling that dim, deeper sense of the love that I have now. And Aww. so when I was talking, they were like, "Okay, she's a little strange, but she's really loving." <laughs> Aww. So cute. It is cute because it was just, you could, there's like one of the brothers was just, he was looking at me like he, I was scary. Uh-huh. But his wife loved me. So he wow. tolerated So he tolerated me. He's like, okay, well, I guess if, if my wife loves her, I guess she's not too bad. But it was like, because he was older and he was set in his ways.
2: Right, he didn't know what to do with you. He didn't know how to handle you. Right. Because some people can't, can't totally comprehend why someone can be always happy or filled with love mm-hmm. you know because they've gone through a lot and then they're like but how is this person always happy what is what is it that makes them tick are they real right. are they okay
1: <laughs> well it's, you know it's a practice it's something you cultivate <laughs> No, I know. It's like, well, you could be miserable all the time if that's what you want, but
2: Yeah, you have a choice. I mean it's all about the choices
1: you make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sense that when you encounter someone, you just bring joy. Am I right with that? <laughs> That's the goal. Well, I mean, I, I feel it. I mean, before I started recording, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're friends. Like, I, we barely started talking. And I was like, but well, we're friends because I feel that, that deeper sense of understanding. Of course. I really, I really try because
2: everyone's going through something all of the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their own process in life. And they may not have the same energy level that you would want them to have Mm -hmm. or they may not understand you at first, whatever it is. But you have to take away all of those things and just appreciate that they're actually even for a second connecting with you. Mm -hmm. And so it's my responsibility and my duty to give them my best so that at some point it might inspire them to have the same exchange it might not be right away but it it will happen and i have to stay on that frequency of positivity mm-hmm. otherwise i'm going to create the experiences that i want for myself and i will create a bad one right. and we live i mean in buddhism we believe that we live many lives but not everyone believes in that so right. for the time that i am here in this life i really do uh, strive to have great experiences with people on a social level and a professional level. And because that's what I'm going to leave behind.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: going to be my legacy. And that's how people will remember me. And I want to have good effects. And that's what I try to do.
1: Well, and you do, you know, it's, it's an interesting thought that, that, that you bring that I don't think enough people fully understand is you are responsible for how you show up in the world.
2: Oh, yeah. Yep. You are a million percent responsible. A lot of the times, how can I say this, like getting to giving away my friends' things, but I was having a conversation with a friend <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and, we, and we were talking about life. And it was so funny to me because so much love and there's so much of love that she can give and she brings to people and. So on forth, and she was just not happy. And then, I, at one point, I, I just wanted—I just really wanted to say that she's creating the unhappiness for herself. Yes. But but you can't tell someone that. You that person has to understand that, and you have, you can't change someone. Right. A lot of people go about in life trying to change another person, and. It just doesn't work. Mm -mm. You can only change yourself. We can only be responsible for ourselves. And the more that you do take responsibility for yourself, the more you will have the ability to hold, like to have and hold on to. Because I think that what I mean by that is your capacity to confront things becomes just like diabolically huge. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Cause most of the time, like when we sort of think, Oh my God, this person is so annoying. I can't deal with that. Why is he doing this? Why is she saying that? And she is wrong. He is wrong. There's so many things that we just cannot have in life anymore and can confront and deal with. And it makes us want to run away, leave, scold somebody, etc. Mm -hmm. But the moment that we see what's happening, acknowledge what's happening, take responsibility for our part in it and know that we attracted that occurrence. So we were involved. We, in a way, abetted or assisted in this thing happening. We could have prevented such a thing. Or there's a way to communicate, understand that each communication, that line or thought, that we have has a power, has an energy flow, has a frequency, and just be more aware. The more we can exist with anything, even with a natural disaster, we'll be able to confront the disaster and do something about it instead of like you know living in the disaster and only rebuilding after two years or
1: three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a having grown up in a in a Christian church, learning about Buddhism has been really fascinating, that, that detachment. And I, I actually believe that, that I've gone through multiple lives, too, so it's not a foreign concept to me. Right. Uh, because I, I see how I've, I've, I came into the world and how many things I've had to learn how to overcome. Yes. That don't make any other sense. Right. Like why did this show up in my existence? Oh, because it's something my soul wanted to stop, you know, hurting from. I have to heal this now. Yes. And and when you recognize that, even if you don't want to believe you have multiple lives, you have something coming in your life that keeps showing up. Something's yes. there. There's a lesson that you have to learn. And taking that responsibility and 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 bringing awareness to it and then Wanting to change, taking the, taking the action to change, and then releasing yourself from how it's going to unfold because that causes a lot of worry and stress. It's like, well, I want to control the outcome. You can't control the outcome. Right. And when you do that, your life becomes so much more fun because you're open to experience, you're open to change, you're open to possibilities. The middle path. Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: Also, it's a detachment of also trying to own and claim everything. When you own nothing, not even your own body, really, essentially, Mm -hmm. because it's just a vessel. Everything that we have, we're just bearers or protectors of uh, in this life. And even for parents sometimes, I think it's a big struggle because they don't understand that just because they bring child into this world. They take ownership. This is my child. I will not let my child go through this thing. Mm-hmm. Or a man like, this is my wife or this is my husband. But then you have to realize like they've been around for trillions of years, trillions of lifetimes, and they bring experiences from different lives they go through different pain and they re-experience these pain moments in this life and they re-experience you know a lot of fun memories and connections and if you love someone you should allow that person to be to exist and know that that person feels exactly how you want them to feel about you you can't force that. Mm -hmm. It just has to be. And like I said, we're all just here for different reasons uh, on this planet, on this earth, in this life. And while we're here, we should all try to commit and do good so that for every other life that we come, we'll always have a greater chance of having the best survival alone and with others and the more you're detached to like materialistic things the more happier you will be because otherwise even mess accumulates and even mess holds like still energy and it you don't want to be like atlas at the end of the day you know having the world on your shoulders mm-hmm. you want to be able to go out there live experience have exchanges and grow with people you love, your family, your friends, you know, your significant others. And just allow yourself to be and allow others to be. And don't try to claim them and own them and prevent them from growth either.
1: Mm. So beautiful. <laughs> it is. Because it's, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a needed message. Right. That when we're in that state of just being, Mm -hmm. that's where we blossom. Yes.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Mm. We can see a true potential when we don't have. Blocks that we create for ourselves around us. And we can actually allow our potential to become amazing deeds in life if we surround ourselves with people who protect our intentions and understand our intentions and assist us in blooming and blossoming. So we have to really choose wisely how we travel through this life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: with others or without others. And really, really also try and learn more and more each day. You never stop learning in life. You can learn from even a kid or even a flower. You know, there's something to be learned. Mm -hmm. The more you're open to learning, the more you will understand and the more you will have because knowledge is power and its power to the highest in its purest form. And you can affect hundreds of millions of people by just sharing your knowledge.
1: Mm. But you have done so very well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not done yet. We're both not done. We've got to get going. We've got to do this. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. My, my, my not so secret mission is to try to help everyone awaken to who they really are. Yes. I love that. Thank you.
2: I think that everyone has to get on board and support you and also create a movement, you know, be a part of your movement because it's, it's, it's so important. A lot of people out there don't have great support systems. Yeah. They have families or they have friends and they have co-workers, but they don't receive the amount of support that they're really looking for, even though they should really strive to harness it from within. Right. Just, uh, it helps to have a support system or a support group. And I think that this would be a great platform for people to come and listen to other people's experiences and advice. And even maybe sometimes share their experiences and their opinions. And, you know, we all empower each other at the end of the day.
1: Mm -hmm. You have opened up my heart so much.
2: Oh, you too. I love talking
1: to you. Oh, it's
2: usual, (laughs) honey.
1: Oh, I don't want this to end, but I know my (laughs) listeners have have a finite time of tuning in. So how do people find you?
2: They can find me on Instagram. It's at Anarkali, which is A-N-A-R-K-A-L-L-I. Or they can go to my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel where I have created a platform to inspire and motivate people. And I interview very successful people. And I share their message of how they got there and their intentions and their purposes. It's called Anarkali Live. And that's on YouTube. So those would be the two best ways to um, connect with me.
1: Mm. Thank you so much for the work you do in this world.
2: Oh, and thank you. Thank you for having this podcast. Thank you for being who you are. And I look forward to a very long lasting friendship with you.
1: Oh, me too, love. Thank you. (laughs) The action item of the week is to tune in and find out where you are showing up without responsibility in your life. This is not a judgment. This is awareness. I just want you to tune in when you're letting your emotions dominate your behavior. And step back and learn how to witness that. It's a process, so be gentle with yourself and just learn the process of witnessing so you can change how you interact with others. Ultimately, you create your reality, just as I create mine. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me
0: redefine Truth and preservation of our soul shine? yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go and let it flow.